You're now listening to Real Estate Journeys, episode 88. Let's get it! Me on the top, man, no, I won't stop me. Me on the top, man, no, I won't stop me. Me on the top, man, no, yeah, I won't yeah. stop me. On the, me on the, me on the top. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Matty B, a.k.a. Matthew Baltzell. Welcome back to Real Estate Journeys. The exclusive podcast for real estate investors looking to scale to 100 units and live that location-independent lifestyle. That's right. Everybody, I'm coming at you live from Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is officially 2020, and the year is good. 2019 was a great year. I'm glad we capped it off and it was officially over, but transitioning into the 2020 is going to even be a bigger year. I got my son being born here in about two weeks, so uh, my wife and I were super excited about that. We closed on a prop, another property in Fayetteville, Georgia last month, so in December that was great, and we're going to be off to the races, hopefully closing some more properties, and I'll be moving back to the States here shortly at the end of the year. So uh, things are going well, you know, podcast is booming, uh, so we got to be putting out some other episodes here for you. So this episode is going to be wake up friday slash wednesday rendition so i think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode in this episode we're going to cover the topic of is multifamily right for me you know how do i get into it what's the best strategy the importance of getting into the game and how to remain liquid so i think you guys will enjoy it let's jump into it all right welcome back to real estate journeys omar khan from dallas texas going on man how are you i'm good man i like that little intro i just did it kind of sounded like a uh, a disc jockey like hey yeah. we, got, we got number five caller omar khan calling we've in. got we, we've got candy on the stage <laughs> i think that's what it more sounded like <laughs> and next up candy at the truck driver strip club well Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So uh, welcome back listeners. So on Wake Up Wednesdays, what we do is we answer questions that we hear kicking around the real estate can and we try and answer them and address them there for you. And one question that I've come across in bigger pockets forums is, is multifamily investing for me? I think a lot of people, when they start out, they think initial investment, they get their house, right? Then they might try and fix some, some properties. They might try getting into wholesaling. They might try doing the Burr method. But I think a lot of people, I mean, I don't know, I guess this is uh, dependent upon your style, but I think a lot of people think when they start thinking bigger and they think about scaling, they want to go into multifamily. So what would you say to these people, Omar, that are thinking of going into multifamily investing? I know we've addressed questions about you know scaling to economies of scale, and we usually partake in 100 to 200 units. But if somebody's looking to get in multifamily, and they want to, and they think it might be for them, what would you say? Well, look, it depends on what you want to do, right? As an example, if you've got a really successful wholesaling uh, business, as an example, now you might could still get onto multifamily on the side. Just remember, there's going to be a big, big hump. It's like any other business. It's going to be a big hump. But the other fact is you also have to realize, do you want to be in the multifamily business as a sponsor or do you want to be in multifamily as a passive investor? Because a lot of folks say they want to be on the active side, but then they realize they've got a job, they've got a family, they've got their business or career or whatever it is. I mean, lots of other external things that take up their time. So this uh, being a sponsor is like a full-time job. Not it's like a full, it is a full-time job. Yeah. So do you have the time and bandwidth to do it, right? Because that's what it boils down to. And for instance, then do you want to go through all that hassle 
or setting yourself up, establishing yourself up, doing this, doing that. So my point is kind of deciding which side you want to be on active or passive, number one, and then deciding, for instance, uh, well, what do I really want to do? Because multifamily can mean many things, right? It could be multifamily in Texas. Then, hey, do I want to do ABC? Do I want to do value add or stabilize? What fits good with the kind of personality that I am and you know the kind of things that I'm looking for? So there's lots of moving parts and figuring out what works best for you is more important than, say, what seems to be the flavor of the month, right? Because mm -hmm. the flavor of the month, as an example, is value add. Right. But let's put it this way. If my father is investing a portion of his money, uh, I would not advise him to invest in value add because he's at a very different stage in his career where, or life, actually, where value add is a risky strategy, regardless of what people tell you. Right. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of operational risk involved. So him investing, say, a bulk of his money, say an X percentage of his money versus me is a very different ballgame, whereas I'm. I'm in a position because I can take a lot of risk at him because I'm younger. He might not be in a position to take that risk. So how much does he invest? Who does he invest with? What does he do? Those things start mattering a lot. Whereas in, I say if, if it's me or my wife, they're at a different, very different age. We can choose to invest in certain assets that, for instance, my dad shouldn't. Similarly, my dad should be investing in certain assets or certain assets classes that necessarily might not be the best fit for me. Mm. Yeah. I think, uh, I heard somebody uh, similar to what you're kind of saying is, you know, your, your investment style usually suits like your personality, right? Exactly. So when you're, you know, 21, 19, 18, you're a young buck, you're wild and free, you can lose that money and, you know, entirely say, I like it. I like, you know, like you, it's gone. You'll, you don't worry about it. You have plenty of time to recoup it. But as you get older, you know, you try to pucker up, as they say, yeah. you take less risk. So I think, you know, if you're young or you're listening to this, if you're 45 and you're looking to become a syndicator, I think you'll have a lot of different perspective on this question as you yeah. would be to a 21 year old young buck trying to get into the game as well. And I, I was actually speaking to a, a gentleman as well and he wanted to go into be a sponsor, right? Like that's what you think. You want to be the number one. You want to be Michael Jordan. You want to get all the money. You see the Grant Cardone. You're like, oh my God, like that's going to be me, right? And then I was talking to this gentleman and he basically said like, you know, I don't I think I actually want to be the main guy. Like I want to go and be passively. I think I want to invest passively in some yeah. deals to get my feet wet first. And there's nothing wrong with that to just go and be a limited Well, look, partner. and by the way, a lot of people also realize that they stay, they want to be active and then they see the amount of work that goes in versus the amount of compensation they can potentially get at least starting out. And they realize it's not a good fit for them, right? It doesn't mean it, active is good, passive is bad, or passive is good, active is bad. It's like any other choice in life, right? As an example, if you're, say, a surgeon or a partner at a firm or a senior executive and you're already making a very healthy living, right? But your job requires a lot of your time, right? And the only hours left after that, maybe you can spend some time with family. Well, then taking this additional burden on might not be the best and highest usage of your time. Because yeah, you might make a little bit more money, but now this means that you never see your family, you never see your friends, your quality of life is miserable. Whereas say somebody who is say doing, uh, has a background in this thing, right? So this is kind of their bread and butter. And they're moving say from the employee side to the owner side. Now that might be a good transition for them because they're kind of doing it full time, right? And then on top of that, lots of sponsors, by the way, me included, 
we invest in other people's deals as well. You know, people we know, people who we think we, we like and respect, because a lot of times what happens is we have some extra cash as well, right? And then we have to invest in other people's deals. So we're, while, whereas we are active sponsors, we are also investing a portion of our money in other people's deals. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, we work them, we do all of that, but at its core, it's a very relationship heavy business, right? Yeah. So if somebody's looking to, let's say they, they have a, a smaller portfolio and they're looking to get into multifamily and they're thinking that they're wanting, go, wanting to be a sponsor, would you recommend that they form a general partnership, you know, non-syndication and try and acquire like a 20 unit, 15 unit and kind of dabble in that versus C? Or do you think they should, you know, hit the ground running and try and, you know, maybe go the LP route or partner up co-GP? What do you think they should do if they're looking to? uh, Well, again, it kind of boils down to what are they looking for at, right? And how much time do they have? Or You're saying the end result, what they want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. End result, what they want. How much time are they willing to allocate in the next month, six months, one year? Then, for instance, how much capital do they have? So as an example, if you've got a lot of capital, you're an affluent individual, you can skip the 10 or 20 unit part, right? Because you can afford maybe hiring people and doing all that stuff. But let's assume you're starting out, you have money, but not a lot. You kind of really have to be careful, like pretty much a lot of people in the world. And you really, you're kind of figuring a way out. Then you might want to invest passively at first or start get your feet wet with smaller units. But as an example, you have no experience doing this. Then maybe you want to partner with somebody because maybe you bring a certain skill set. As an example, you're a CPA right? And you can help the person do their books and do all of that and kind of keep on top of their numbers, whereas some other guy can do the real estate. The real estate, even though being an accountant is really part of, it's a big part of being the real estate kid. So my point is there's lots of ways you can fit in. A lot of times it's dependent on where you are in life, what you're looking to do, how much time are you willing to spend or allocate, how consistently are you willing to allocate that time? And then really at the end of the day, how much money do you got, man? Because look, if you got $10 million and you're 40, and you want to chill out and spend time with your family, right? Because you got kids and you want to do that. Well, this doing this would be like, being an active sponsor would be like the dumbest thing in the world, you can do, mm-hmm. right? Because you're maybe at a very different stage in life, right? So you're looking for different things. But the same person could be 40, have $10 million, but they're an entrepreneur and they just kind of want to do it because that's the only thing they know, right? Well, then they're at a very different stage in life, right? So there's a lot of factors. My point is, no one thing is good or bad in isolation. It all depends on your personal circumstances. Okay. All right. Different flavors for different folks. There you go, man. Yeah. So, you know, I think if you're listening to this, you know, really just kind of assess where you're at, where your goals are, where you want to be going. And then and you can change also, right? Doesn't yeah. mean you have to be stuck in there. I mean, it doesn't mean if you start being active, doesn't mean you, there's some shame in becoming a passive investor or yeah. the other way around. And I think a lot of people, you know, want, when you're on the sidelines, right? Like everybody has an opinion, right? You watch a football game and you're like, oh, this guy, they should be running this route. They should be doing yeah. this play. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Right. And they, they, they have, they have all this like, and uh, like sometimes I have to like remove myself from like, cause I definitely do that when I watch sports as well. Oh, everybody like, does it, right? Everybody and then you kind of like, then you kind of think like, all right, I'm not at the practice. I, the coach probably knows this guy better than I do. Like, the reason why they ran this play because it worked successfully before. So what I'm trying to get at is like, once you get in the game and you're not on the sidelines watching and you're not the sub and you're like, actually like yeah, on the, the field, yeah. things change. 
things adapt and you can only prepare so much. So if you think like, okay, I want to be in a limited partner. And once you start seeing some things go and develop and then you think, okay, after the LP, I want to be the, the, the sole sponsor within five years. And then you start getting like, actually, I saw this guy. I've spoken to him. I think he can mentor me. And I, I think I can be like a good capital raiser. I would like to raise capital. There's no shame in switching your strategy halfway through. But I think- like, or, as, or as Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the face. Yeah, that's more of a short synopsis there for it, yeah. right? <laughs> awesome. Well, very cool, Omar. I appreciate you uh, dropping bombs for us always. And I'll catch you on the next one, my friend. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. So this couldn't be a more fitting call to action. I want to start doing a weekly episode called Fucked Up Friday. Yes, that's right. Fucked Up Friday. And on Fucked Up Friday, I want to hear about the terrible deals that have gone wrong in multifamily real estate. So if you had a deal that's gone bad and gone wrong in multifamily, I want to hear to you. I want to hear from you. So go to and email me at Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, at MatthewBaldzell.com. That is Matthew Baldzell dot com b as in boy a l t z e l l dot com and we'll hear that story there from you peace